After Dark is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. <laughs> Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature and mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Let's put on the show. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Dis After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Yes, hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome, dear listener, to the Mouse's Head. I'm Paul. I'm, I'm Nick. the other Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was a Nick in there as well. I heard you both at the same time. <laughs> Sod's law. Well, yes, well, I'm Nick. Yeah, welcome to, um, well, I don't know, is it episode 40, what are we looking at? Is it episode 45? Or do I go with the... Season two, episode one. You sounded a bit rough. Uh, that's the, that's the pub dog yeah. for anyone. Knows. Yeah, that, that's been on guard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, our first episode as members of the illustrious Mice Pod Network. Excellent. Uh, Some new listeners, hopefully. Oh, I hope so. So we'll have to. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get round to them. Welcome, new listeners, and welcome old listeners. Hopefully you'll yeah. stay with us through thick and thin and everything. Gentlemen, what are we drinking? Uh, well, I'm just going for it. It's, uh, it's just what I had left in the fridge, unfortunately. Nothing special. Uh, another Bud Light with lime. So uh, just a refreshing drink on a, on a nice, almost autumn night. Oh, indeed, indeed. Mr. D. And for me, I'm feeling a little bit, a little bit fruity. I got a bottle of Bomer's Bold Black Cherry Cider. Cheers. Well, I figured I would introduce some new listeners we might get to uh, the theory that we have like some sort of Disney-related drink, but thanks for letting the side down. (laughs) (laughs) I heard Snow White used to drink Bomer's. I think that's the connection. A little bit of the old poisoned apple. (laughs) Can't be. Well, I've actually gone for um, a nice bottle of Old Thumper. That's that's the closest to a Disney connection I could get. It's my Bambi thing. Okay, so Definitely it's got connection. Yeah, old Thumper. The picture on the front of it is of a boar, um, not a not a cuddly little rabbit, but it will do. And it's lovely well, and dark. Close, close enough, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, Scott. Oh dear, I've overpoured that. I need a flake for that. I think. Uh, yes, <laughs> listeners. Um, that's our theory. Welcome to the mouse's head. It's our little bar away from the madding crowd. Where contrary, contrary, I've started drinking already, haven't I? <laughs> Con- contrary to uh, other opinions, we actually do enjoy a beer. 
We do. Or a cider. Or a cider, yeah. Other beverages oh. are available. Yeah, they are. I thought oh, I'd get in there. Line. Yeah, I know. I thought I'd get in there before you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we we normally try and for, for new listeners, we do normally try and tie it in with a Disney theme. But uh, yeah, as Paul's quite rightly pointed out, we have uh, I've got to cite that a little bit on our first show. But um, I'd like to say let's set a standard. Um, of yeah. kind of letting the side down, but hopefully, you know, as you go on uh, our new home here that uh, we'll get a bit better with the Disney things again like we used to. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Now, anyway, should anyone want to get in touch with us, um, they can do that using our own methods as well as uh, my chat. So how do they do that, chaps? Well, they can visit our website at www.disafterdark.com or they can email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. And you can find us on Twitter at disafterdark, or one word, or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash disafterdark. Um, Instagram, Pinterest, Vine, anywhere else we put ourselves out and about. Uh, we're, we're there, you'll find us. As well as on the Mice Chat forums now. We, we will eventually join when I get time. I know Nick, you're oh, there, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, I'm already. So, uh, Nick, yeah, Nick, say Nick, hello. Yeah, Nick is representing. That was me being down with the youth. <laughs> I've I've joined, but I've I've been a lurker so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm shy. So, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought it's normally at this point in the podcast that we go straight into our own individual take on what news is out and about. But I thought. You know, we're 45 episodes into a full podcast now. Um, is it about time we introduced ourselves again to some new listeners we might have? Yeah, why not? Yeah? yeah. Oh, I'm Paul. Is, 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 that, that, it? is that enough? <laughs> uh, who, who wants to start with that? Well, with, with I'm Paul. I think you're best starting off right, with that then. one. Right. Well, I uh, could probably compete with them on that. Yeah, you, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'll, shall I set the scene? All right. Go on then. Um, yeah, I'm Paul. I'm one of the hosts here at Diz After Dark. And for some reason, I'm waving at you through my microphone. <laughs> and I have no idea why. Uh, we're not going to put video podcasting down because that just wouldn't be fair on you, dear listener. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a. I wouldn't be doing the podcast if I wasn't a Disney fan. So far in my career, I've made it to the Orlando Parks. California, Hong Kong, um, and the Universal out in Singapore, um, and many other theme parks up and down the United Kingdom, which don't really compete. Um, and I'm a big fan of Disney movies, but I don't collect vinylmations. That's kind of me. I, I'm I'm a father to two young girls, so I, I bring the um, the growing family aspect to the podcast, as well as beer. <laughs> I think that's me. Does anyone else? I, I can't think of any other details to give. No one really wants to know what I do for a living, do they? Um, and if they did, I'd just lie. I'll say something. I'm like a secret agent or close protection well, you, or something. We're pretty sure you are. <laughs> that could just be a double bluff. We, yeah. No, we try and follow you on on Facebook, and um, you check in on some pretty unusual places. That's <laughs> uh, true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a few more to come as well, but there we go. Um, <laughs> should we give him a break from the polls, Nick? Introduce yourself. Okay, well, I'm Nick, uh, also known as uh, Soap Dish, for reasons I'm not going to be going into, but nothing too rude. 
Um, I've I've just turned thirty and just become father to uh, a lovely little girl called Alice, who is uh, a few months old and uh, resembles the character Dopey. Um, the words of that's that's the phrase that came from her own mother, not myself. But I do agree. I, I can see the resemblance somewhat, and that's because she's cute and you know Dopey's cute. Um, I've been a, a Disney fan probably for as long as I can remember. Uh, visited uh, Disneyland Paris on uh, numerous occasions uh, since its opening in '92. Was my first trip there, and I've been back pretty much um, almost every other year since then, uh, with a few exceptions. Uh, I've also been to uh, Orlando twice: once to propose to my now wife. And again on our honeymoon, and we will be going back with Alice when she's a little bit older. And uh, we've got a trip to Disneyland Paris coming up in uh, a few months, which will be Alice's first time, which we're looking forward to. Um, both myself and my wife uh, collect Varnomations, so we're the uh, well, I am the person on the podcast that uh, is interested in that, and bores the other two pools with uh, Varnomation news and opinions. Uh, we have to have it, an audience out there. Well, yes, yeah. of course, of course. No, no, um, Nick, no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a support there. There's a support there. Uh, but no, these, these. Uh, these guys really make the show. So, the first was already introduced, introduced himself to you, Mister Dolan. It's uh, your time to shine. Okay, so I'm the other Paul. Sound a little bit different. Um, I'm the Scottish Paul. Um, again, I wouldn't say I was a lifelong Disney fan. I got hooked quite suddenly. Um, we almost went on a Disney honeymoon, but but didn't quite manage it in the end. Um, and I ended up working in the States and went to Disneyland in California. So that was my first experience of a Disney park. Absolutely loved it. And when I've got two two daughters, Katie and Heather. And when they were old enough, we took them to Florida. And we've been back to Florida quite a few times. It's kind of scary how much we've, we've actually spent on that. I actually totaled up the number of nights we've stayed on site in Disney World. And it's about 116 nights. So that's quite a chunk of a year. That, that is for a Brit. Uh, for, yeah, for a Brit, that's quite a long time to spend. Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple of, we, we did go back to California and a couple of trips to Disneyland Paris, three I think, and two Disney cruises, a short one in the Caribbean, four nights, and then a seven night in the Med uh, the year before last. And we've got a trip planned next August, I think. The other Paul is going to be there at the same time. Oh, yes. So got some potential for, for some on-site reporting. Um, and then a short trip to Disneyland Paris just before Christmas coming up also. Excellent. Uh, yeah, for, for, the, for on-site reporting, you could also read the word mayhem. Uh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> and I mean, I suppose, it's, I suppose we should explain as well how, how we came about. That would and be good. So, um, and so, you know, and so for listeners that have been with us for a while, you'll know this already. So I'll keep it brief. But uh, basically, uh, the three of us actually uh, applied to uh, to be on another podcast uh, when they were looking for a new co-host, and uh, we we made it all down to the final few, uh, but none of us actually got it. And uh, I got a, a message from Mister Boniface to say, uh, you know, I'm thinking about starting a, an adult Disney podcast. Would you like to join in? And I said yes. And uh, we started that off, did it for a few months, and it was going good, and we was enjoying ourselves. And uh, we then met uh, the other Paul, Mr. Dolan, at uh, a Disney convention in the UK, hit it off, uh, kept in touch, and we got him as a guest on the show and realised that uh, we didn't realise we was missing something on the show. 
but having him on meant that we realised that we were. And uh, he very politely and kindly decided to join us, and it's been the three of us pretty much ever since. Yeah, yeah, I, it was. Carry on. I certainly felt like the lucky one, so I uh, appreciate I appreciated getting the chance to come on the show with you guys, and it's been a lot of fun. And, and it's been this many episodes, and I've only just realised that you just said you've been on two Disney cruises. We haven't even covered cruising yet. Yeah, that's one for one for the future. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. The things you learn when introducing yourself to a new audience. <laughs> not even to us no <laughs> uh, uh, well that's, that's the formalities and pleasantries out of the way uh, normally at this point we go straight into a little article about Disney news um, and I usually ask have you got any but I've got one so at least I'm going to have one if we start here we go a view of the news with this after dark That always ends so abruptly, and I keep saying, show off the show, I'll get around to sorting it out. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice jingle. It's a nice jingle. Yeah, yeah. It's, at least people know what they're going to get with it, eh? Um, well, I've got a massive piece of Disney news. Uh, this is, Go on, then. This, this is enormous. I don't, know how many pod- I don't know how many other podcasts have covered this, but as news goes, this is you know, head and shoulders above the rest. Disney are testing a new bus route between downtown Disney and Animal Kingdom. I know. <laughs> isn't that enormous? What a shocker. Yeah, isn't that enormous? You can now go from downtown Disney to Animal Kingdom on a <laughs> Why bus. Why would you want to? <laughs> I, I know a few podcasts that would disagree with you there. Well, no, sorry, I used to know a few podcasts that would disagree with you there. Um, no, it's... Uh, yeah. There is a bus. I, I didn't even realise there wasn't a bus because I've never actually tried to go from downtown Disney to Animal Kingdom. I always just assumed there was a bus if I wanted one. I, I didn't think that was what you were going to say. I felt sure <laughs> that you were going to go for the vacation club at the Polynesian. The worst kept secret ever. <laughs> so, you can have that one if you want. I thought I'd go for the bus route. Yeah. So, again, as I'm sure every other podcast has reported, one of the worst-kept secrets at Walt Disney World, Disney has now confirmed that the Vacation Club villas are going to come to the Polynesian. Is there a hotel that they're not having Vacation Club villas at at the moment? Not many. The Hollywood Tower Hotel so far is the only one that's not got a Vacation (laughs) Club, I think. Don't don't give my ideas. DVC (laughs) DVC rooms at the All-Star Sports and Music. (laughs) (laughs) would they be the cheapest ones and obviously cheap is is relative yeah it is yeah we're not talking holiday in prices I tell you what if they did open the vacation club at Hollywood Tower Hotel I think that would sell pretty good I'd be interested in that yeah yeah although I'd use the stairs I still want to know how much (laughs) it costs because I refuse to go to one of their hour long uh, talks that they, they offer when they want you to sign up for the DVC. Mm. Um, I'm always interested to find out exactly how much it does cost. Well, we we did look into it when we first got hooked on Disney. So this was quite a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we did look into it. We didn't do the hour-long talk during our holiday for the same reason as you, Nick. Uh, we actually made inquiries from the UK and they sent us 
some fantastic information. In fact, the the book on the Vacation oh, Club is, is like a souvenir book. Did you, you know? get oh. Did you get the the blue one? Yeah, it's a kind of purpley blue yeah. embossed cover. It's great. Oh, it's I mean, it's gorgeous. It's a real coffee know. table book, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And so we really looked into it heavily, but um, I don't know. We just couldn't make it work for us because it it wasn't really so much buying the points. It was the annual maintenance fee. So that actually, when you figure that in and then you think about some of the deals that you can get from the UK, it just wasn't, you know, that attractive. At best, it was a kind of break-even proposition. So we, we've we never, although we like the idea of it, we've never actually uh, jumped in. Yeah. I've, oh. I, I'm also more of a heretic for some of the Disney fans that I do actually like going elsewhere as well. <laughs> so I, I realise you can spend your points with you know adventures by Disney or other travel companies, but it kind of seems yeah it's nice to go back, and I do thoroughly enjoy going back every few years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't know how long I would last doing the same thing year after year. Yeah, well that's what we that's how we try to make it work. We try to buy enough points so that we could go every other year. Yeah, it's the it's the bank but, one year buy. Borrow right. from another year and have one every three or something, but it's, yeah, it's like that's heavyweight math. That's like degree level doctorate in mathematics required to just yeah. It was your, a spreadsheet. Yeah, to have yourself I'm a, a vacation. I'm a spreadsheet kind of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely an exercise in Excel. Some sort of um, Einstein line black Einstein like blackboard with chalk marks and <laughs> facts and figures all over it. No, sorry, I can't. E equals MC squared, I understand that bit, but I can't figure out how my points work. So, so yeah, we, we ended up just, yeah, whatever. But the, our, uh, our friend and uh, you know fellow podcaster, Mr. Goodger, has just bought into the DVC at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Fair enough, each their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's obviously getting paid far too much for doing his show, then. And, 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 and the last thing I know is um, Adam's a teacher. So obviously he had to get his points during the six weeks that he can get during the summer. Mm. Yeah. That must be expensive. Because you wouldn't want to go yeah, out. To, you wouldn't want a teacher going out of term, would you? No. Be... <laughs> that that would start a whole raft of arguments. He'd need a note from his mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Go. How to get into trouble? I know. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Well, I've, uh, I, I've I saw something very interesting. Um, I, I, it is news. It's not. I suppose, don't suppose it's really current news. It was more an article that I read that I found very interesting. Um, they were talking about the fact that Disney's obviously been buying up a lot of properties recently. So obviously, you know, two thousand six, seven, they bought Pixar. Uh, recently bought Lucasfilm out for Star Wars and, and also uh, Marvel in 2019. Um, and, you know, we just kind of accepted the fact that, you know, it's what they wanted to do and they've obviously got plans uh, in the future, whether it's films or attractions or lands within their parks. But somebody pointed out the reason why this might be the case is in 2018, Mickey Mouse becomes a public domain character. Does he? Oh, yeah. oh right, right. Okay. Now th- this goes. This obviously goes back to uh, you know long made laws um, that basically where um, I think it's around a hundred years 
uh, once that character's been around for that amount of time, whether it's uh, you know a book, a song, uh, a film, anything like that, it can be released into the public domain. Mm-hmm. Now, the big problem with this, uh, you know, it looks like there's no way that Disney will actually be able to counter this, and I think they're coming to realise that that's you know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's, so there's yeah. some there's some UK law. I seem to seem to remember, don't you? This, this is as factual as this podcast never ever gets. Um, so, rumor: a friend of a friend once said that is it something like fifty fifty years or, or yeah. work stays within copyright within fifty years of the death of its author, something like that. Yeah, yeah, because there was a they've had to change things, and people have because the Beatles were coming up to lose some rights to some of their songs a few years back. And they basically kind of campaigned against it and managed to get it turned over. So the then, copyright did uh, remain yeah. with them. And then sold all their work to Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what's that between friends? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, so I mean, that is something that, that can happen. Now, when 2018 hits, if this indeed does happen, then what it will mean is that anybody can produce whatever they like with Mickey Mouse's likeness. And Disney can't do a damn thing about it. Mm. Yeah. And it's quite interesting because, you know, the thing is, we've recently had the new Mickey Mouse shorts that have come out. But when was the last time there was a major, um, like, direct-to-video film starring Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Yeah. He's still, still, like, the main thing at the theme parks. But Mm -hmm. outside of that, you go into a Disney shop, how much Mickey Mouse merchandise is there compared to... I don't know, document stuffings or the latest uh, animated feature or even Marvel superheroes now. Yeah. That's... You know, compare that to the Mickey Mouse space, it's almost none. Yeah. Mm, I suppose the worrying thing there is, um, you know, if you look outside of the parks, if you look at just, you know, kids, T-shirts, lunch boxes, whatever, there's still a lot of Mickey Mouse stuff merchandised. So yep. if they lose that as a revenue stream, I would imagine that's going to be pretty significant. But at the same time, we can remember is that's exactly why, or not exactly why, but that's probably why they've done what they've done. Because yeah. now their revenue streams will be Marvel superheroes, will mm-hmm. be Star Wars, will be Pixar, all things that you still get lots and lots of merchandise of and yeah. it's extremely popular. Um, to be honest, if you if you took a kid into a shop and said, right, there's a, a Mickey Mouse T-shirt or a Marvel Superheroes T-shirt and a Star Wars T-shirt, which one are they going to go for? They're probably not going to go for Mickey Mouse because uh, unless they're watching Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse, yeah. they're probably not aware of the character anymore. Yeah, the, the average boy will pick up a Thor slash Avengers T-shirt. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what a girl will pick up. It's usually Princess. <laughs> Uh, unless, of course, it's my daughter, in which case she does pick up Star Wars kit. <laughs> well, well trained. Well yes, trained. yes um, rock on. Actually, actually um, a little story. We've just bought um, Alice a, a Christmas present, which is a My Little Pony from um, Build-A-Bear Workshop that was kind of like a, a really punky-looking thing. So when it comes to putting the sound chip inside it, we actually, instead of putting in the My Little Pony theme tune, we put in the theme tune to Star Wars. <laughs> They looked at us like we was crazy, but we was like, "No, that's definitely the sound we want." Yeah. So uh, there's a touch of irreverence and irrelevance going on there. Yes, yes, absolutely. Excellent. 
But I mean, the thing is, I do think that, um, you know, Mickey Mouse is still going to stay a popular character inside the parks. Mm. He is is the bridging gap between adults and children, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because, you know, he's always been the mascot for us now that we're adults and our parents before. Um, you know, whether that's because there was a theme parks or just saw the, the shows when they were, they were kids themselves. Um, and so therefore when we've taken our children, Mickey Mouse is still the, the character there. He's a, the universal, uh, character in that regard through all the ages. So I still think in the theme parks, he will be seen as that. I just think going outside of the gates, yeah. you know, it I, I won't wonder, be. It. I wonder what the legal mm. aspect on it, of it. We'll have to have a chat with some sort of lawyer type. So, if Lou Mongello's listening, let us know. Um, or, Cr- or Craig Duncan. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Anyone who's yeah. a cop. Is it because Mickey Mouse is a work- was classified as a work of art, so is therefore under copyright laws? Because if Disney made that Mickey Mouse shape some sort of trademark, then doesn't trademark law not apply to copyright law or, or something? Because obviously, you know, the, the Coca-Cola swoosh has been around for years. Yeah. Probably yeah. longer than Mickey Mouse from when Coca-Cola was invented. Other, mm. Go on, Nick. Other soft drinks, etc., etc. Other soft drinks are available, of course. And yeah. uh, beverage companies. Yeah, yeah. If they want to sponsor us as well. So, you know. Um, but Certainly. So, so, you know, logos like that have been around for years. And they fall under both copyright and trademark law. But I don't know. How many if you go back and you look at Coca-Cola, Pepsi, any of those uh, <laughs> other brands of everything are available, not just soft drinks. Um, but for those two examples in particular, if you actually go back through the years, the logo changes ever so slightly every few years. Or in some cases has quite a drastic change in, in what Pepsi did in the 90s. But by doing that, by making those little tweaks that probably extends that as well. Yeah. Potentially. You're listening I mean, to I Copyright After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new spin-off. It's a new spin-off. But yeah, think, honestly, honestly new listeners, this is the first time we've ever talked about anything legal. <laughs> Usually we talk about things that are illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and, pro- and probably not this serious, actually. <laughs> but I just thought, <laughs> when I read this, I thought, you know what, this, this is something that I think we, we should highlight. I think it, it could really be something uh, major one day. Yeah, just think yeah. Of, just think of all those ice cream vans that can now actually legally put Mickey Mouse <laughs> on the side of their ice cream, and all those like fairground rides that that turn up yeah. in a local park that have a really badly misshapen Mickey Mouse on yeah. them. <laughs> I think that's just because yeah, I think, I think it's just got the skill level of the same painter though, Paul. I don't know if that's a trademark issue. <laughs> yeah. like, who's that? It's um, I don't know. It's um. Michael Mouse. It, it, it's it, it, nothing to do with him. It's completely irrelevant. It's, he's just got two big black ears. Oh dear, oh dear. Yes, it's Mortimer Mouse. <laughs> uh, we've already got a Mortimer Mouse, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We know. Famous, famous villain too, Mickey. So. What, wasn't that his original name as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, it was going to be Mortimer. But, but you know what? At the same time, thinking about this some more. Maybe it's time to tie Mickey and just bring back Oswald. Oh. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, let, let's think about it. Mickey was only created because Walt Disney himself lost the rights to Oswald. 
So uh, what's yeah, the situation with sorry. Oswald then? Os- well, Oswald is sitting than Mickey. Yeah, Oswald is sitting in some. It's like Doctor Evil in some lair somewhere. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah my plan to uncopyright Mickey Mouse is working. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. that's how Oswald, uh, you, the Lucky Rabbit, laughs. Apparently, look. What? If you if you played if you played the Epic Mickey games, you know that's not the case. All right. <laughs> but is, it, is he a hero? Um, that's an interesting one. Because well, I, I, I don't want to plant conspiracy theories, but I reckon the Epic Mickey were written by Oswald's henchmen to make himself look good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's been proved before. <laughs> so you're not wrong with that. But they don't like you to know that. Oh, being a man, of, being a man of mystery, Paul, <laughs> we know that you understand how these criminal masterminds work. Yeah, it's all bluff and double bluff. Yeah. I think I think he is one of Oswald's henchmen. That would explain a lot, actually, because soon he, he everywhere he goes, there's a Disney theme park located nearby. <laughs> it, all, it all ties in. Um, it does. Yeah, Oswald's a funny one because it was it was obviously owned by Universal, um, and then they sold that trademark back to uh, the Walt Disney Company about ten years or so ago. Mm. So I don't know if the change in ownership changes that. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting, but I just, you know, I just thought if they do lose the rights to Mickey and they've still got the license for uh, that they own Oswald outright, and that's still kind of copyright free, you know, why not uh, do a little switcheroo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring him back. That would really for for the average Mickey, the average mm-hmm. Disney fan, that would really confuse people, wouldn't it? Not really. They look quite similar. They've, like, only got, yeah. they've got slightly different ears. <laughs> That's about does it. that mean? Does that mean though that if if the copyright is up or the trademark or whatever it is, does that mean that Universal can have Mickey Mouse in their parks? Oh, oh my God! That's <laughs> open up a floodgate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just imagine what they would do to Mickey. Oh dear! In a Universal park, it would be it'd be ugly. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you the Wizarding World ugly. of the Wizarding World of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what would be ugly and that would be the law um, not the lawsuit but the contract negotiations when uh, the Marvel license comes up for renewal mm-hmm. if they did something oh, yeah. like that I can only imagine how many uh, tens of millions of dollars they'd uh, be asking for for each attraction in that area oh, That's six, true. I, I can just see the guys from Six Flags standing on the sideline going fight, 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 fight <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like sort of character <laughs> chess isn't it <laughs> Oh, anyone got any more news? Anyway, uh, no, that's been uh, done. Yeah, oh. there's a there's a load of stuff on Fast Plus, Fast Pass Plus, and RFID. There's a whole yeah new oh. raft of resorts gonna get RFID. And did you see the merchandise for the um, for the bands that you get? I've seen a lot of yes. I've seen a lot of uh, Facebook posts of oh look what turned up, and there's you know boxes with three or four or five coloured wristband things in them. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's the fact you can actually, I think what uh, Paul's referring to is the fact that you can actually um, add little, uh, I don't know if they're rubber or plastic, but little uh, characters to add to the wristbands to decorate them. That's right. A bit like they used to do with Crocs. So you yeah, can add that's things exactly to what slide I over when I saw those. The best thing, yeah. yeah, the best thing about adding things to your my my magic whatever it is, are they my magic bands. 
Mojo Band. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. best thing about adding those as opposed to Crocs is you can at least wear them and not look a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had to carefully choose my words then. I was getting ready for a big long I, beep there. I, I I was about to use, I don't know, a short word for Richard or something. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing with those, though, I mean, you, they, they're okay around the wrist, but you've got to be careful wearing them in this country because obviously they do look a little bit ASBO band-like. <laughs> and uh, for our American listeners, when you've been very naughty in the UK and they say, we're not going to put you in jail, but we are going to kind of make you go under house arrest, you get these really ugly bands that are normally put around your ankles but they do look rather similar to uh, my magic band. So, yeah, they got something similar in the US. I think if 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 Transformers is anything to be believed, we, we, oh yeah, yeah, because uh, that was a documentary. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Chicago. It never looked the same again. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, are, are they shipping them to the UK? Yes. I don't. Are they? Yeah, yeah. My um, my my friends that went. They, I mean, there was actually uh, a a villains event that happened last weekend in Disney World, and uh, they went out for that. And I can talk about that in a minute if you want. Just um, be- just before they- I really get into taking the Mickey out of that, do you want to specify that it was villains, as in a Disney villains event, not an event where I don't know John Gotti and other mafia dons could turn up and wander around Disneyland? Um, I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> really, actual, uh, villains weekend, yes. Branko Mladic from Serbia. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Hoffa spotted in Walt Disney World. The, the, the craze were taking a ride on the, the Haunted Mansion. Um, yes, it was it was Disney villains, of course. <laughs> and, and not villains in the real world. Um, Ronnie, but yeah, Ronnie, so they, Ronnie Biggs tried to stop the train. <laughs> <laughs> Sidetracked. Carry on. Sorry. Someone has to. Uh, <laughs> it will jazz up the train ride. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they actually got their bands about. Uh, I think it was two or three weeks before they flew out. But uh, yeah, sure enough, they got a, a nice big box sent all the way to Basildon uh, with these bands in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so so yeah, they they are sending them out to. Uh, to and they weren't the only people in the UK. I saw got them as well. So um, they're definitely sending them out, which. Must be quite expensive, really. You'd have thought they'd just let you pick them up when you get there. Yeah. Was it the same shipping? As in, you used to just get your... Well, even when you turned up and were staying in an on-site hotel, your tickets were your room keys and park tickets and everything on the one mag Mm -hmm. prox card. That's right, yeah. So, uh, as far as I'm aware, it's the exact same same thing. They they never ship them to home. They always ship them to wherever. So, I guess if you're staying off-site... But no, they were they were staying on site. Well, that doesn't make sense. They've ne- they've never shipped tickets to home, have they? Well, they never have when I ha- when I've got them. It's always like, pick up when you register at the you hotel. Know what, you know what I think it is, and I, I, I could be wrong, and I'm sure one of our listeners can correct us before the next show. But I think if you actually um, book your trip via the Walt Disney Company, you do get certain things sent out to you before your trip. Now, normally, you know, most of us will book with a, a travel agent or with a, an airline with like some kind of package deal. So if you're staying on Disney property, you won't get all the kind of bells and whistles that you get if you book directly. Um, I know somebody that books um, just a normal uh, holiday with 
uh, Walt Disney Company via the, the Disney website. And um, sure enough, got a nice big box with uh, all manner of different like leaflets and information about their trip and how to book dining and all this kind of stuff. Well, I've never seen one of those before, and I've put it purely down to the fact that they booked that way rather than uh, booking it via an agency. Yeah, we've we've normally booked through direct through Disney, and you get you get like a big pack with with park maps and and different things in it. Yeah. So yeah, I think you might be right, Nick. I think maybe if you book direct through Disney, they'll send that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe just to get you excited. I, I think so. <laughs> I don't know, but if they're sending stuff already, then it, it. I suppose it does make sense in a way while they're sending the bands out. But at the same time, like you say, they've never sent out hotel keys before, so. Mm. Bit strange, but but there you go. Yeah. yeah, cool. Lots of fun there, but um, yeah. So ju- I'll just briefly mention and get it out of the way, so um, not spoil you for too long. But yes, there was a Disney villains event, uh, Disney character villains event that happened uh, last weekend, um, which had uh, a villains party on the Friday night at Hollywood Studios, where many of the rarer villain characters came out for meet and greets. The queues for this were about two hours long for character meet and greets. Um, They'd really, really underestimated the popularity of it. People were being turned away because Mm. um, the park was too full. All right. Yeah, but that was the villains, though. They were just saying, like, get lost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they obviously had all the henchmen turn up as well, which filled the park with it. Well, um, yeah, obviously. Okay, conjecture. If they had this popular an event as a villains event, the rumour that hit the mill a good few years ago and has quietened down since about some sort of fifth gate, a villains park. Mm. What do you reckon, conspiracy theory aside, a taster session to see how popular villains actually are? I don't... You know what? I think if this had been a year ago, I think you'd have been onto something. But going back to what I was just talking about previously about the, the all the new licences, I, I don't think there's a chance in hell we're going to get a villain's fifth gate. I really don't. I don't think it's because it wouldn't be popular, because it obviously would. Um, but, you know, you've now got Star Wars, you've now got Pixar properties, you've got Cars Land... For example, you've got Avatar Land. We know Avatar Land is going to be part of Animal Kingdom, but what I'm, I'm stressing is that they've now got so many licenses. It's like the old woman that lived in a big shoe. I mean, she had too many kids and didn't know what to do. It's almost like Disney now don't know what to do with all their properties. Yeah, and, and if that was the case, would it be villains as in just Disney villains, or were they also, you know, was it your traditional Disney villains and Gastons and etc.? Was... Or was it also your Darth Vader's? No, yeah. it was it was a mix, and it was. I mean, I don't think there was any villains from Star Wars there. Um, there might have been Darth Vader. I didn't. That wasn't one that I saw. But you did get people like um, Hades, um, Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas, which I've got to say was an awesome costume. Um, and uh, yeah, like your Gastons and people like that. Um, Loki, the Evil Queen. No, of course you're not going to get Loki. Although yeah, I think there's a. There's a Thor, I believe there's a Thor meet and greet that's uh, happening in Disneyland in time for the new Thor film. So that's not to say it won't happen, but it definitely won't yet. And the other thing as well, you've got to remember, there's going to be no Marvel characters on the East Coast of America 
while Universal still have Marvel yep. rights. But that's we why you can see in complete. California. But a, you can have it on a Thursday. Um, Fancy no, getting in, hammered. Oh, <laughs> it's even worse than my pun. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I mean, you can see that in California. That's probably why they're looking to do one. But like over there, because they, they can get away with it. But um, I'd, I'd like to see it, but I just don't think... I don't. I don't think it would happen, unfortunately. I think they just. I think it's that time of year, and it? it's Halloween. They bring them up for Halloween, and they are, they are popular. Everybody likes a bad boy. And I think that you get the people that that love collecting all the photos and uh, signatures of these villains. Um, so th- they're in their element when that happens. There's definitely a, a market for them. Mm. But um, but yeah, I just. I just think it was miscommun- not miscommunication by Disney, but I think it was a mistake to just do one night where you could do this. It was a limited time magic thing, and I think it kind of, like some of their other limited time magic things, it's just backfired a little bit. Fair enough. That's Fair my enough. opinion. Uh, but they had this they had this whole thing over the weekend, so you, you had that on a Friday, and it was a big uh, pin and finalmation uh, villain event. That's what it was really all about the whole weekend. And um, they announced lots and lots and lots and lots of new Vinylmation series. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll post them on the website to save uh, these guys having to listen to me rattle off about 12 new series of Vinylmations or something. Uh, I will uh, I will sit them on there. But I will say there are things coming out like The Jungle Book, Aladdin Juniors, some more Parks, some more Star Wars and some more Toy Story. So that's a few of the things I announced. Uh, not not being a massive collector of either of those two things. Yeah. Is there anyone out there that you know that is both a pin collector and a Vinylmation collector? Yep, absolutely. Because I, I would have thought the two, it's like pin collectors being angry that Vinylmation collectors have now sort of stepped in and have started taking some of the turf in the stores. Well, we are. It's it's, 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 it's it's there's a whole sort of West Side Story thing going on. Yeah, I think so. It should be. Jet, should be. Jets versus Sharks, Blood versus Crips. Well, I, I mean, I fancy the pin guys. I fancy us because at least at least we've got a sharp point on us. Do you know what I mean? That's you correct. can you can come at me with, with your vinylmation neck. I call yeah. some sort of Disney jihad against anyone. <laughs> I would ha- you'd have to melt it and form it into a, a pointy shape <laughs> to cause any damage. That's uh, true. But no, I, I, I hasten to add there that actually, although I, I stand in the corner of the Vinylmation fans there, because if you think about it, the pins are quite a close quarter weapon. Mm-hmm. But I have evidence that Vinylmations are a ballistic weapon because yes. they'll make they'll make holes in fences. If you get if if you get circular saws stuck in them, yeah, that's a, really, that's a good point. I'm really scared now. Uh, you obviously didn't see his video from his audition. I I, uh, I, I, I put well, we harked back earlier to the uh, the Disney Brit Idol, and as part of my audition, I said, "Vote for me, or the Vinylmation gets it," and no one voted for me. So I posted a video on YouTube of me using a circular desk saw to saw a vinylmation in half unfortunately what actually happened is the tooth on the saw snagged on the vinylmation as it sawed it in half i was in my garden it caught the vinylmation shot it out sideways and cleared most of my garden and punched a hole through my fence (laughs) 
So the final version had its ultimate revenge. Um, it, it narrowly missed my greenhouse, which could have been an expensive mistake. <laughs> well, you know they say about uh, people in glass houses shouldn't throw vinyl mations. Shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't yeah. fire vinyl mations yeah. from machinery. From, so, from so, circular source. So, so the next time I have to threaten any kind of vinyl mation, it'll be blow lamp. But I, to be honest, I think that's ex- that is the exact reason why Vinylmation took off. Because they saw how well pin trading and pin buying was was doing. Mm. So when they come up with this, well, here's another product that we can launch. They did it in the exact same way. You can trade Vinylmations openly in the parks. You can't do it with cast members um, as you know, like you would be able to with, with pins. Although I have done that on occasion as well. Um, well but you can do it in a lot of yeah, hmm. yeah. On a bit like, think of it like um, a stereotypical what we we'd refer to as a stereotypical French person, which obviously doesn't exist, uh, with a, a round of garlic <laughs> around the neck. Uh, replace that with vinylations. It's not. It's not actually what happened, but you know that's a better image than what uh, they actually were doing. <laughs> so no. So actually, there's a there's a lot of crossover between the pin collectors and the vinylmation collectors. I could only barely afford to do one of those, let alone. The uh, God, both, so. the God, worship the God. Sorry, I've got all Monty Python. <laughs> the people's uh, fun of Funimation yeah. and the... Uh... <laughs> the popular people's pin trading front. Yeah. <laughs> There's your two. There's your two groups. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, dear. Um, well, I think that's quite enough news to bore our listeners with. Hope- yes. Hopefully they enjoyed our banter, but you never can tell. Hopefully. Um, Although the, the Vinylmation guys probably switched off when you talked about cutting them in half with a, with a, a buzzsaw. I, they, they didn't switch off. They all formed a jihad against me. Yeah. Um, that was another yeah. little trick you learned from a Bond arch-villain, I think. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the so, buzzsaw. Yeah. Ah, Mr. Bond. No, Mr. Vinylmation. I expect you to die. <laughs> in in pieces, and yeah. of course you can contact the show on Twitter and Facebook. Paul, I'm not going to stop you. That's entirely your choice. Only one Vinomation was hurt on the making of this show. <laughs> and to be fair, I did I did replace it. Yep, yeah, I did replace it for you. Yeah, I I, I profess my utter utter disdain and hatred for vinyl mations, and I now have three of them on my shelf because my daughters have got the hang of them. It's like I want that one, I want that one. No, that old excuse. Yes, although that explain why I've got a Duffy Bear as well. Yeah, <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't my choice. <laughs> Get the buzz saw out. It's a gift. Yeah, that that I could do to Buffy. So, uh, Buffy, Buffy. That's that's a completely different kind of bear. That's a different show. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of things we could do to Buffy, but we we won't mention. That's a completely different podcast. And please, if you've been listening to that bit, can I advise you rewind ten seconds, not listen to the next ten seconds, and then join us again here. That doesn't make sense, does it? Really, I have been on old thumper now. That's uh, that's exactly what we heard on uh, Days After Dark After Dark. Yeah. <laughs> our, our other other podcasts. We, we, we've still got to have our lock-ins just for those who really want to join us when we let rip. Yeah, we'll, we'll let our new MyShot listeners know about that as well when that happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, normally, once we finish the news, um, our latest segment um, is, is our Cool War, which we stole from Top Gear. If anyone actually knows what that program is, I know it's on BBC America, but... Very popular. Know. Apparently so, yes. Um, but for tonight... We've uh, done something different, so I haven't got any music. I, I figured this one's the best. 
because there's a few people that might recognise the music, but everyone else will go, I don't know what they're listening to. Some weird saxophone jazz. I believe as well that's not what they used the American remake of that show. <sighs> I would imagine possibly not, but there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So what I want to ask you is, we've already introduced ourselves, but in terms of attractions and restaurants, what are your favourites? Very good. Uh, what are we looking at? A park each? Are we looking at um, just just one from any of the parks and only one? I would just pick, if you can pick a favourite or even maybe a top three. I haven't specified. Okay. okay. I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Do, we, do, I, do I start? You may yeah, as well. go for it. You, you may as well. The music's run out. Good. That's always a good uh, good time to start. Um, so I think my top three, in no particular order, would be uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland Paris. Uh-huh. Now, I've been on both. Uh, I've only been on the American version of Pirates of the Caribbean after the film. Uh, like after the, the, they added the new bits for the for the film. After which, and, after which film? Because they've gone from Davy Jones to Blackbeard. Uh, I'm afraid I still refer to him as Lovejoy. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't care what they call him. He's yeah. still Lovejoy to me, damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's still uh, the last the last Pirates on Stranger Tides. I think yeah, the last one. Um, yeah, so it's it's still got the theme into that, but. Um, you know, it's cool, but I think there's just something very special about the original Pirates of the Caribbean uh, without those. I don't think, as some people really think it, it was ruined with the inclusion of Johnny Depp and, and that. I don't think it was that bad, but at the same time, um, I, I just prefer the, the original version of that. Um, I would then say um, Rock and Roller Coaster, which for, a fan, for somebody who's not really a fan of those kind of rides... I absolutely love Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah. Funny enough, again, both the Paris version and the Disney World version are different. Mm. I think I slightly prefer the Disney World version because I like the theming that you're traveling around uh, LA. Yeah. And you've got the signs and stuff like that, which uh, in Paris it's just lighting rigs, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just slightly better themed. So yeah, the pre show's better as well. Pre show's yeah. longer. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it is longer. Yeah. Um, very similar, but it, but it is longer. And I think for my last one, I would go for Stitch's Great Escape. I would really? not go for Stitch's Great Escape. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right. I mean, I do know somebody, hello, Kimmy, whose favourite ride that is, um, even though I love Stitch and I, I hate that attraction. Um, I, but no, I, I, th- I would have said if, that, if Stitch was your favourite character, Stitch's Great Escape is still not a good ride. But possibly Stitch Live in Disneyland Paris. Stitch Live is very good, actually. I will say that. Um, but I, th- you know what? I'm really, I'm really tired. It's going to have to be a show, and I'm tied between three shows. Okay, maybe you can help me make a decision on this. So, Filler Magic, okay. in Disney World. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cine Magic mm-hmm. in Disneyland Paris, and Muppet Vision 3D. Oh. Sorry, um, I'm going to fall on uh, Joshua Gillespie's side here. Muffin Vision 3D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, in that case... There, there is no other choice. Then in that case, I'm going to go Cinemagic. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, all right then. 
And it just shows you how we dovetail together because I would have gone filler magic. (laughs) (laughs) I'll only only go for that purely because um, it's very clever. It's the one thing, one show that I've always seen every time I've gone back to Disneyland Paris. I've seen it probably about 10 times now, but it still makes you smile. I think it's very, very clever. And also, unfortunately, a lot of our American listeners probably won't know that much about it. If you can find a YouTube video of it, and I'm sure there must be some out there, do get a chance to see it. It's it's a great um, nine minute or ten minute show. Very well done. Very clever. Uh, highly recommended. But those other two shows, and uh, yeah, and it's got Martin Short in it. It has got who, Martin who Short. hasn't been heard of in Disney parks since the Monster Sound show. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. still in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in he's in the Canadian film All Canada. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's my that's my uh, top three attractions anyway. Excellent, good choices. Thank you. Should we, should we do rest? Should we do attractions first and then come back to restaurants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sure. Mr. Sure. Mr. D, where do you spend your uh, where would you spend your time? Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? So, um, Lake Nick, I would start in Hollywood Studios. Um, we love the rock and roller coaster, but we really love Tower of Terror. Yeah. Just think it's a fantastically themed attraction. Um, you know, from the the look of the building, the reception as you walk in, the pre-show, the Twilight, bringing in the Twilight Zone theme. Uh, great. So, so love Tower of Terror. That would that would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking with the spooky theme, and it is getting close to Halloween. Well, according to Disney, Halloween started a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> To the Magic Kingdom then, and really like the Haunted Mansion. It's a yeah. classic attraction. Um, just love it. And they keep adding stuff to it, so it's getting better and better with the interactive queue and, and the upgrade a couple of years ago. So really love that. And then I think I would go for Illuminations for my third one. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love, love Fantasmic, love Wishes, but there is something special about Illuminations and especially just before it starts when the lights go down and you know you got thousands of people there it's uh it's a great atmosphere so that would be my three tough to pick three but there we go have you seen uh, dreams yet no looking forward to that mm. it'll be done for christmas for you as well yeah i mean i've i've purposely avoided watching any youtube videos or anything like that but obviously they've got a commercial running on tv and you see little <laughs> yeah. bits of it there and it looks it looks I'm... fantastic yeah, don't get me started on that. I feel, nope. I feel a rant coming up if I really, really want to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later. Again, I keep yes. promising a later one. I will do, because Dreams is... Pretty... All right, top three. I'm going to go number three. I'm... I, I've changed my mind now, because Paul's just reminded me, and for some bizarre reason, it had dropped out of my mind. But number three, I'm going to go Illuminations again. Wow. Just the... Yeah, the sitting round on a on a balmy summer's evening, waiting for the lights to go down. The lights come, and then that voice comes on, telling you, "Oh, many people have sat around a fire telling stories, etc., etc." And that very first drum beat before the first firework goes off. Yeah, which sounds like the end of EastEnders, <laughs> which means that, nothing to our American listeners. Apparently, they tried to show it once, but. I just couldn't understand a word the East Londoners were saying. 
Oh, is, is that right, Nick? Um, I, I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> so but yes, yes, that's true. So yeah, I, Illuminations number three, number two, Tower of Terror in Florida. Yeah, I, I, Tower of Terrors around the world that I've tried are all themed pretty much similar, but for some reason, the one in Florida is the one that always psychosomatically pops into my brain. We'll talk yeah. about that. I want to go back to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number one, Mystic Manor in Hong Kong. Uh, wow, good choice. It's, it is astonishing the effects they have done with that. And if, it, if Ratatouille is half as good as Mystic Manor is, Mm. then yes, I will be going back there to Disneyland Paris, but not just for Ratatouille, because you don't obviously pay all that money to go to the park for one ride. Mm. Do you know what is quite shocking? Not one of us mentioned Toy Story Mania. Mm. It's Yeah. And I really enjoy it. Yeah, I love it. But there's, I, there's so yeah. many that you, you know, I could I, add I, in. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's a great ride. I, I just get a complete headache from wearing 3D glasses. Sorry. Fair enough. Yeah, no, it makes, it makes sense. You know, yeah. I, I, my, my eyesight appears to be twenty twenty, but the moment I put on 3D glasses, that's it. It's like an ice cream headache just hits me. It's 40 40. Yeah. So, <laughs> something along those lines. So, uh, what I just wanted to say about Tower of Terror, yeah. and, and it's, it's interesting what you said about them being quite similar. I was reading an article the other day about um, the Tower of Terror at um, Tokyo. It's a completely different story, yeah. Yeah. But it's actually like you go on a tour before you actually get into a lift. All right. As well, like it's a, like the 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 pre-show is about fifteen or twenty minutes long. Apparently, oh. it's like a really it's a really big thing. Mm. And also on that note, because you're obviously such a big fan of, of Tower of Terror in Florida, um, I might finally have some Funimation you'd be interested in. Oh yeah. Oh. Because I mean, I've actually got they've done a they've done a few Tower Terror thing ones already. There's one of the uh, the dial on the lift that's yeah. going round. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple of bell hops. Yeah. That uh, I've, I've well, I've got one of them, and the second bell hop that's coming out, we thought was going to be uh, another blind box Pikes, uh, park series thing, but it's actually part of a Tower Terror set, which is the family in the lift. Ah. So you know that scene yeah. right at the beginning when you go in the yeah. lift and it opens yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. That family and the bellhop have been turned into vinyl mations, <laughs> and they, it comes in a in a box that you can't see into. And the reason for that is there's um, I think it's fifteen hundred of these being made, mm-hmm. and ten percent of them, so about one hundred and fifty of these sets, are actually going to be the ghostly versions of them when the lightning strikes. Right. I, I whilst can, the others are going to be normal. Yeah, I, I can see the point of having the blind box limited editions and that lot, but it's really irritating because I, when I was out in Paris you know, for our holiday last, before the last episode, yep. they had the Star Wars series out. Yep. And I am, you know, I, I'm of the age where I am a Star Wars fan. Yep. Episodes four, five, and six mainly. Of course. Um, but it was like, oh, oh, you've got some that are, you know, the cellophane fronted boxes what's that it's an x-wing pilot and it's a princess leia and there was another one. Oh, okay so i have to buy a blind box one if i just want boba fett yep. but the risk of me getting chewbacca han solo whatever is one in 12 yeah well one in probably one in nine because the other three are clear fronted boxes 
<laughs> Mathematically speaking. So, but I just want Boba Fett. But that's where the, that's where there's there's two elements there. Either what they like you to do is to buy trays. Yeah. So you get two complete sets, or yeah. you get one complete set and the chaser, mm-hmm. and then another set, um, or trading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, so I, so, so technically, day, technically, I've got to buy one and then find someone who's got two Boba Fetts. Unless you strike lucky and get Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buy two Boba Fetts, get that, one free. That's however many euros. <laughs> yeah, however many euros deficit. And I, knowing my luck with these kind of collecting things, I would build up the European Vinylmation Mountain <laughs> for of distribution course. to third world countries. Before. Jar Jar Mountain. <laughs> of course, you could do the other thing, and that is uh, just buy Boba Fett on eBay by himself. I was I was trying the other epi- I was trying the other method that we haven't mentioned yet, which is the appealing to our listeners. If anyone has a Boba Fett one, I'll pay you for it. Well, there you go. See, I'll I'm, pay, I'm sure oh, yeah. probably I'll pay you, and you'll get a name check and eternal gratitude on the show. Well, very good, very good. I, <laughs> but, I don't think anybody's going to be sending you a vinylmation poll after this episode. <laughs> well, I, I, I promise. Yeah. I, I promise, cross my heart and on my daughter's life, I will not saw Boba Fett in half. <laughs> or I, I won't even throw him into the pit of Sarlacc. Ah, Mr. That's Fett. very proud of you. Oh, did, oh I spilled some beer. <laughs> that was, that Just to prove that he's drinking beer. Yeah, that, that was kind of visual, but uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, okay, um, so favourite restaurants then? Okay, um, well, I would what, go... Or, or places to eat that may be table service or counter service. Yeah, no, that's, that's granted. I, I would go... I was thinking at first of saying a next diner in Disneyland Paris. Uh, for those that have never been there, it's a bit like going to somewhere like American Graffiti. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people on roller skates, um, burgers, shakes, fries, the whole shebang. Uh, 50s themed, really cool. Go there probably every time I go there. But technically, it's only in a Disney village. So it's a little bit of a cop-out. So um, instead, I've changed that to Casey's Corner, which is uh, a place I went... It was I think it was the first place I ever ate on Disney property uh, in Paris. And whoa, 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 whoa. Casey's Corner, Paris? Yeah. Not Casey's Corner, Florida, where they do proper hot dogs? But as I said, it's because it was the first place okay, I ever right. ate. And it's so, number three, so all right, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, so don't get me wrong, it's not because I think it is that great. It's more because of the uh, emotional uh, attachment that I have with that okay. particular one. But okay. the, the Florida one is better, yeah, without a shadow. Um, I would then say uh, 50s Primetime Diner in Hollywood Studios, mm-hmm. which uh, great theming. Have you guys ever eaten there? Yeah, yes. eaten there once. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had the two girls with us when they were, um, yeah, four and eighteen months. I think the theme is great. I think the uh, the waiters and waitresses you get in there are great, really in character. And I like the fact that you get to choose your de- desserts via a Viewmaster. Cool. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, sure. I think it's a really nice touch. Um, but my favourite would have to be the before the revamp, obviously, version of California Grill. Mm. Which I love, actually. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. I'll go with that. Oh. 
Okay, so I yeah, California Girl would have been on my list, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one for Nick. Um, so Mastermind, I guess, would be would be in Florida, and this is one I like. It's not in a park, but just like it as a as a fun place to eat, and it's got some great desserts, and that's Beaches and Cream um, at the Beach Club. Don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have been there, but Nope. Fantastic, fantastic ice cream desserts. Um, the cheese steak sandwich is is amazing. It's not fine dining. It's just it's just a good fun diner place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, from a theming point of view, though, um, similar to Nick, but I'd go for the for the other one of that bouquet pair, which would be the sci-fi drive-in diner. Now. The food always gets hammered in there, and it, the food isn't fantastic, but the theming is just great. It's a fantastic idea. I liked it when we first went there because they've got the big movie screen with all the little trailers of like 1950s sci-fi movies, really B-type movies. The cheesecake yep. that ate New York. Yeah, the, you know, <laughs> the, the incredible 50-foot woman or whatever it is. Um, but when we first went there... The, the wait staff would actually play along. They had a bit of shtick that went along with the with the movie. And unfortunately, the last couple of times we've been there, uh, they, they didn't do that. And then you would also, at the end of it, for the kids, they would get like a glow-in-the-dark frisbee that looked like a flying saucer. We've still got one of those, actually. So it's, yeah, it's a great it's a great restaurant. It's a shame that they, they don't just you know jack the food up a little bit and make the food a little bit better. But... Just from a fun point of view, I like that. And then the last of my three then would be uh, Tepanido at uh, Epcot. Just think that's a... If you've got a good group uh, sitting around those hibachi tables and watching the the chefs, you need a good chef and you need a good group, but that can be a really fun dining experience, watching the guys, you know, cook the stuff and do the tricks with the knife and love the trick with the little onion volcano. It's good fun. (laughs) It, it does seem they constantly that is a trick that they have it's almost copyrighted themselves. Yeah, the onion volcano because you see it on every YouTube video of Tepanito. <laughs> yeah. And again, I love the restaurant, and I, I advise people, "Oh, we're going. Where do you think we should eat?" Well, I'd recommend if you're in Epcot, go to Tepanito. Why? Because they do this thing and they do this like a volcano and like with. <laughs> Although, is it a volcano? Because they also line up things behind it and then push it forward and then tap the tap their spatula on the floor, almost like the bell of a train. So a train, we, yeah. we think it's a volcano, but they're actually trying to do a train. <laughs> I have no idea. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to start with a dishonorable mention. Um, okay. I first went to Disneyland Paris when it was Euro Disney many years ago, and we ate in a restaurant called the Blue Lagoon, mm-hmm. which is at the start of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So the first entrance, you drop down and then start going through the bayou, and it actually goes past the tables of the restaurant. And the first time we went there, there was myself, my fiance, who is now my wife, and a couple of friends of ours, and we had a really nice meal sitting on the side watching the ride go past. And it was stunning. Really good food, really good atmosphere. And ever since we've been back there, it has gone slowly, slowly, slowly downhill. Up until 
and and we keep doing this thing where I keep saying we've booked a table at because it's got to come up at some point. Perhaps they'll come back to what they used to be, and it always brings back memories of the, you know the first time I went on holiday with my fiance. Mm. And recently, we went back there. Possibly almost ten, fifteen years after we first went back there. And I'm sorry, Blue Lacoon, um, but Disney, your food is appalling. Your waiter service is appalling. And the atmosphere is non-existent and annoying. Um, the Blue Lagoon itself, avoid it. I'm sorry, I've I've learned my lesson now. I'm never. This is almost like one of your rants, Nick. But I have learned my lesson now. I am not going to fall for. Perhaps we'll go back. Perhaps they'll pick their act together. No. I have told my wife if I ever tell her I have booked a table in the Blue Lagoon again, she can stab me. <laughs> with whatever implement she has to hand. Ouch. It is it is terrible. So I'm advising our listeners, if you ever go to Disneyland Paris, book anywhere except the Blue Lagoon. Vote <laughs> with your feet. It's absolutely rubbish in there now. Um, yeah, that's it. So that's my... Okay, dishon- so, so that's your number three restaurant <laughs> then. <laughs> that, that's my dishonourable <laughs> mention. Um, number three. However, Disneyland Paris got its act together because there is a restaurant on Main Street called Waltz. Uh. And it is beautiful. The food is simply stunning. The wait staff know what they're doing. Um, and yeah, they exonerate... Disneyland Paris exonerated themselves. I was almost on a I'm never coming back here vibe until they pulled this one together. Um, so I thank you, Waltz, for saving me from never having to go back to Disneyland Paris. Uh, so that's, num- that's number three. Especially if, it, as you get a table, ask for one near the window and book it near parade time. Because if, you, if you've already seen the parade and you don't want to stand on the pavement with lots of other French people... Shit, I've been drinking. I'm going to have to beep that one out, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Start that one again. So um, rewind twenty seconds. Yeah, rewind twenty seconds. Ignore that bit. And um, yeah. Um, so ask for a window seat, and you can see the parade, and you can see you look out over Main Street, and it is a, a yeah. I, I possibly may put it as number one if it was in Florida, but it's in France, so it comes down to number three. <laughs> um, by, by default, surely. Um, okay, number two. Uh, I'm going to go with the Brown Derby. Again, beautiful food, really attentive waiter service. And even though I happen to be in this, if it was in London, I would have been thrown out for not wearing a jacket type restaurant. And I was in there with a a four-year-old, an 18-month-old and my wife. And they were... You know, they were making merry hell and throwing all manner of food and tomato ketchup everywhere. Um, but eventually I, I got control of my wife and told her not to. <laughs> so, but it, it, it's, it's brilliant. You know, it's, it's Disney. It's, they, they expect children in there, but they still cater for that quality of food. And brilliant. Although then you get the, you know, if you book the package where, oh, you get phantasmic entry, that seems a little bit underwhelming because it's like, here, you get 
entry and guaranteed seating on this kind of side area where you can't see anything. Not anymore. Is it central now? Yeah, front and centre, apparently. Good stuff. That's um, fine. Thank you, thank you, Disney, for listening to your fans. I, I apologise for that last comment, then. And take a sip of my beer. Uh, number one. Oh, what do I put as number one? Fulton's Crab House. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, yep. e- I've eaten at the, um, the California Grill, mm-hmm. and it is spectacular, and it's nice to sit there and... L- Stop halfway through your meal, go outside, watch some fireworks, come back inside, eat your meal. Hope it isn't cold. Um, Fulton's Crab House, completely underrated. It seems to be, it's that boat on the side of downtown Disney that everyone walks past. Whenever you look in the forums, it's like, I went to downtown Disney, where did you go? I I went to Rainforest Cafe. I went to Planet Hollywood. No, go to Fulton's. Again, the food is superb. Really good quality stuff. And it's so underrated there. Everyone goes to the chain restaurants. Don't. Although I'm now going to stand corrected because Fulton's is part of a chain. It's just a slightly smaller chain than Planet Hollywood and Rainforest Cafe and T-Rex or whatever else is there. So that's where I... And again, that was where we were on our honeymoon. Me and the wife, which is obvious being a honeymoon. And, you know, we told them it was a honeymoon and they brought out a cake, which apparently they do everywhere in Florida if you tell them it's your honeymoon. But So, yeah, that's my number one, Fulton's Crab House. I think it's a fantastic restaurant. Thank you. I can't say I've ever been, but... Um, nah, exactly. How many times have you been to downtown Disney? Out, out oh. of how many times have you been there? Oh, loads of times. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. everyone just walks past it. It's the boat that's on the side. Yeah, you, I keep looking you, for yeah. Steamboat Willie. Yeah, you'll, you'll go for... You know, you'll go for Planet Hollywood or Rainforest Cafe because you know it's quite good and they do good burgers. But that's oh, great. Well, Ghirardelli's because it just says the best ice cream everywhere. Mm. And you can always not have a a dessert. <laughs> go to Ghirardelli's. Would, would you like a dessert? No, bugger that. I'm going to Ghirardelli's. <laughs> Guys, place. I'm getting hungry. Oh, I, I know that. <laughs> that. That's enough of that. Um, again, thank you for your input, guys. Normally, it's Something about now that we used to play, but I've got a pub singer. So pub we, singer. the pub singer is back. You know, the mouse's head has a resident entertainer. Um, for this particular one, gent- ladies and gentlemen, I believe his daughter joins him. If oh, you wow. listen to it, um, <laughs> I don't think she intends to, but you know, <laughs> have a few seconds of this. She got a family. She got Oh, uh, and, be, uh, and thank you, pub singer. He'll be here all week. Try the steak. <laughs> My God, try the grey stuff. That's <laughs> fantastic. He's he's uh, he's something else. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was going to like ease our new listeners in in slowly. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. Nah. So that's the kind of stuff you come to expect from our shows. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a traditional British pub singer. Yeah. We have you'll find that in the Rose and Crown at Epcot. <laughs> yeah. England, home of people with really nice teeth and amazing singing abilities. <laughs> That's, that's we, we can only apologise for One Direction. <laughs> if like, if like you apologise for Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber, so, to be fair, he's Canadian. Yeah. yeah. So you know they're they're both, and you know they're both giving us some rubbish. You know we didn't want Madonna. You could have kept her in Canada. Celine Dion, we didn't want her either. But hey ho. Yeah. Thanks for that. I, I have before now apologised for Oasis as well, but I've had some Americans tell me that they were quite good, apparently. Yeah, they, you know, there's much worse. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't say that they're, they're brilliant, uh, but, yeah. you know, much worse. Uh, that's it. Uh, we're, we're almost running out of time. Yeah, yeah I think, um, you know, I mean, this is this is a way of introducing ourselves to, to new listeners and, and also reminding our I want to listen to what we're about. I mean, the show format is pretty much the same as it is on a, a normal week, um, but it's just the three of us. We just wanted to make sure for the first show uh, with my chat that uh, you got a feeling of uh, of us, really. That's yeah. where we're the kind of hosts, um, and we wanted you to kind of get to know us, and hopefully we've entertained you for an hour and a bit, and uh, you want to listen to some more. We do usually have a guest, but, um, you know, we felt the first show we shouldn't. It should just be us, but... Uh, Richard, even if you don't like us that much so far, stick with us because we'll have a guess on next time. And the we show grow on you. Yeah, we grow on you. Yeah, <laughs> like and a, that as well. Like, like, a, like athlete's foot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gentlemen, um, thank you for your time. If anyone, we've, we've said it once, but just in case they don't want to rewind and start all over again, how do they get in contact with us? Well, they can, of course, uh, visit our website at www.disafterdark.com or email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. And find us on Twitter at disafterdark or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash disafterdark. Um, I occasionally post stuff on YouTube under the moniker disafterdark podcast. We're on Vine, Instagram, Pinterest, um, We've also got, if anyone out there is interested that hasn't, uh, you know, for, for new listeners especially, that wants to do it, we have a uh, a soccer league, a fantasy soccer league, of course, uh, yes. in our country, football. Um, and uh, it's been going for a while. We've got currently 30 people that have joined in. And uh, I've actually got our top three here. Please, I knew we'd promised to do something and completely forgotten about it. And I'll I'll give their team names as well because this mm. this gives you a, a kind of an idea of the quality of listeners that we have. <laughs> Very good names. So Andy Cooper is currently <laughs> top of. <laughs> no, they're clean. It's fine. That's Andy right. Cooper is is currently top of uh, our league. Um, and his well, team Andy. is called uh, Melbourne Supremacy. Whoa. See what he's done there, you see? Oh, yeah. Taking the Bourne supremacy <clears throat> and uh, the Australian town of Melbourne and together. Um, another one, uh, our second uh, place does that, person. Does that mean we've actually got an, uh, an Australian listener? I think we've got a couple. Yeah, yeah. we've definitely got at least one. A so, colonial. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe Andy's as well, yeah. yeah. Um, secondly, we have a female Doing very well this start, this part of the season. <laughs> that was said so sexistly. <laughs> yeah, that's so you surprised. You don't, you don't normally get women playing fancy football, and there's All no right. reason why they couldn't. Um, and she's doing very well for herself, so why not? Um, Emily Rawling, um, her team name is Brit Dizfan. Ooh. And uh, third place, we've got uh, Neil 
Kothrop. I hope that's pronounced correctly. If not, I do apologise, Neil. Um, and his team name is uh, Going Toulouse, Ooh. as in the French town oh. of oh. Toulouse. Very clever. So all very, all very pun-based. Um, <clears> and <throat> uh, so in that league, that's the top three. Um, number 21 mm. is uh, Nick Branch with uh, a team called Beaver Last Soap Dish, uh, which is me. Uh, so in my in our own league, I'm I'm twenty first. Well, well so, at least we can't be a, accused of cheating and bias then. Exactly, exactly. I'm a Brighton Hove Albion fan. I know nothing about football, and I'm West Ham, so almost the same. <laughs> but guys, I'm thank you, for- Celtic. <laughs> And see, they're not even in the Premier League. No. Uh, but uh, thank you for playing so far. If anyone wants to join, um, just send us an email, a message on Twitter or Facebook. We'll give you the code for you to join, and you can. It's it's free to join. It's just a bit of fun. Um, there is a, I believe there is a Disney prize for the winner at the end of the season. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure someone said that once. So we'll, we'll say it again. And if not, we'll we'll get one. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to join, then just let us know, and we'll uh, we'll give you the details to join up to the league. If I was to turn around and say something like, "Yes, it's a vinylmation custom painted in the soccer shirt of the team of your choice," then we've got to actually find someone to paint it, haven't we? I think uh, it's well, more likely, Paul, that you would that. say that. Sorry, Nate. I think it's more likely that you would say that first prize is the top half of a vinylmation, second prize is the bottom half. <laughs> I can't find the top half. I have no idea where it went. It's in the neighbour's garden somewhere. Oh, dear. Yes, anyway. Okay, well, thank you very much, dear listener, for joining us for this uh, hour and a bit. Um, I'm, off, I'm off to my home head. <laughs> <laughs> But for our listeners, that none of us actually are the pub singer. He's he's a reclusive man. Yeah. Um, but it's not actually the three of us. So yeah. uh, if you want to guess who it is, by all means. But uh, yeah, it's definitely not us. We're not that talented. No. Yeah. No. But thank you for his recordings. <laughs> Whoever stuck those ones in. Um, no, thank you very much for joining us. We will see you all in a uh, a fortnight's time, which I understand doesn't translate into American English. So we will see you all in two weeks' time because we, we do a two weekly kind of podcast thing. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you later. Cheers. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. This After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Right, I'll just stop this thing.